Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, July 23rd, otherwise known as opening night. How exciting is that? We're finally here, baby. It's baseball time. My name is Javier Reyes, your host of this here Lockdown Padres Podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page of the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno. You can spell J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on either of those accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have, as well as the Gmail, which is LockdownPiders at gmail.com. And I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show. Uh, really cool stuff, right? Yeah, great. Ask me questions. It's awesome. It's super fun. You get to hear my voice answer what you want. It's cool. You see? Interaction between fans and stuff. It's great. Um, Today's episode is brought to you, by the way, guys, by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go visit rockauto.com. Great stuff there. And today's episode, as prophesized, is the final part with uh, Mr. Daniel Epstein, our big bundle of baseball kind of mishmash grab bag preview, you could call it. And uh, this is so much fun. It's funny because originally setting out to do this, I had not expected that we were going to talk as long as we did. And we ended up doing it. That's a four-parter. So first four-parter for sure that I've ever done on here. Uh, but it was so much fun. Or I guess you could say sports movie madness. We did like nine of them but you get what i'm saying all right that one was from the beginning clear that uh it was going to be multiple parts and it was not te- technically not my thing it was john's thing but uh, uh hopefully you guys enjoy this episode also just a little bit of a note at 15 minutes ish my audio just goes rogue like my audio gets super glitchy number five is alive like i don't know what happened to my audio there it's it's very odd so don't worry it's only like a minute or or a minute or so long uh it's not for the whole podcast but there is just a brief period that i couldn't really fix uh where my audio just kind of goes haywire for a little bit but it's, it's not too bad a big of a deal but i just wanted to give you guys a heads up but enough with all that guys enough with the intro let's go and now i'm gonna throw out one of the things i'm pay attention to it's a little bit of a niche one maybe only me maybe i'm the only person to pay attention to this max freed on atlanta because former padres pick and the reason why is because look we brought up kluber before and i'm not saying this guy's kluber but there is this sense and i looked up his numbers a while ago just to remind myself it doesn't feel like he's ever really gotten that chance and I'm always just, no matter who it is, it could be on a bunch of different teams. I was like this with J.D. Martinez, and I was right on that one. Uh, where, like, there's always these guys that it feels like they never actually, like, maybe they were hurt or they just, it, it's just too much. Like, there's never the right situation. I feel like he hasn't fully been tested. And some of his numbers look kind of good in the in the brief time that he's had. So maybe this guy might be a late bloomer. I don't know. And if he is... Then we could, uh, the Padres fans could complain again, and I'll be definitely one of them. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to the feed. I think, um, I think you're right about Freed. I, I like Freed. Um, I don't know if he's a future ace. I don't know if he's the next, you know, Tom Glavin or anything like that. But if you look at his numbers, you know, he strikes out a lot of batters. He doesn't walk a lot of batters. Um, he had a good season last year. He, you know, limits hard contact. Uh, I think he's got to, you know, kind of refine his um, repertoire a little bit against uh, opposite side batters because, uh, you know, he had some platoon splits that were uh, not great last year, but uh, that can come. And, you know, I, I think that he's still got the potential and the, the repertoire to get righty batters out more consistently. 
Uh, otherwise, he wouldn't have been he wouldn't have had a good year as a starter as a lefty. That just wouldn't happen. But mm-hmm. um, if he finds more ways to reliably get righties out, then uh, I think he will kind of take it to the next level. Um, that being said, where he is right now, it's pretty good. You know, he gets some strikeouts. He gets a lot of ground balls. Uh, he's a good pitcher. I mean, he's, I think, a, a solid number two, number three mid-rotation guy. Um, and I think that's kind of what you look at with him going forward. You know, I, I think that probably Mike Soroka or someone like that is the ace of their staff. And Freed is right behind him as a, a reliable guy in their rotation for a long time. But he's got a bright career ahead of him. You know, he he did get to pitch a full year last year in the rotation, which helps. Uh, you know, he started 30 games. So um, I think that he does have a little bit of a higher step, maybe maybe a half step that forward that he can take. Mm-hmm. But uh, otherwise, you're looking at a guy who's a pretty good pitcher um, who can become maybe not a great pitcher, but a sol- more solidly good pitcher in the future. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, you got any other you got any other ones on your list that you're looking forward to? Ooh, breakout picks. Um, breakout picks, storylines, whatever. I know I've only got a few more. I mean, I'm not you know going for hours on this, but you know I just think that. It, and the other thing is, it's almost these are things that I still would have been excited about. Some of these, uh, regardless of what kind of season we were having, and it is also fair that like nothing might come true at all like there might there's going to be guys this year that are randomly good and we all know they're not going to be good next year like there might be yep. some, i don't know like who's a good example like a ronald torres or something like that right like who who bats like 380 or something like that because he just is on fire for you know 40 games something like that right so it's it's not you know like it would be great i would love that honestly uh you're like what are the mvp awards going to be for this season like oh my god like i can't wait to see like what wacky kind of winners we get for anything world series whatever i think it'd be really fun well you know you know what's gonna happen we're gonna go in expecting ronald torres to win the mvp because and uh, expect the unexpected and then you know what's gonna happen it's gonna be mike trout and, and Bellinger. Um, mike trout by batting 560 <laughs> exactly exactly oh, man. uh and then also becoming a two-way player just because you know he's mike trout and he can do it yeah just why not right just why not it's like anthony <laughs> yeah. davis adding well, a three-point shot money. Um, exactly. I think um, I'm looking forward to seeing Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Mm-hmm. because okay. he was the most hyped guy going into last year, yeah. and mm-hmm. he flashed. Where he had a couple of hits where it was like, "Oh, this is Giancarlo Stanton kind of exit velocity on this line drive that he just smoked." But then you look at his overall numbers, and they really weren't that great. So. Now he's got a year under his belt. He's still only, whatever, 20 years old, 21 years old. So no one's freaking out. I don't think anyone expects him to just not hit. But I do expect him to take a step forward. And I'm excited to see what that step is going to be for him because the sky is the limit in terms of his offensive potential. He reminds me, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the easiest comparison is his father, but he reminds me even more of um, Miguel Cabrera. I think he mm. can really be that kind of hitter. So we'll see what he becomes. If this is the year that he becomes what he becomes, and we, we don't even know. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's one of the players that I'm most looking forward to seeing in the batter's box. Yeah, I mean, you know, not to to dub it down to this level uh, or whatever, but like if I'm like a fantasy player this year, like I would definitely look out for him just because I like post hype guys. 
I love it when people give up on pitchers or batters a year into their career. It's just stupid, honestly. I don't know why that people do this. Like, and he, it's and he wasn't awful. That's the other thing. He just kind of was a decent player yeah. who, unfortunately, was supposed to be like when Chris Bryant debuted. You know, when Chris Bryant debuted, he was awesome from like year one. Uh, and Tatis, you know what I mean? Um, right. We've talked about already. Like he just wasn't that. That doesn't mean he can't be great. Some guys take a little bit of time. I mean, it's all about expectations with I think Guerrero. And honestly, the Blue Jays, they have some fun. I mean, Bo Bichette, who I've talked about recently on the pod with uh, <laughs> the Lockdown Blue Jays host, uh, was super fun. And it's just people love him now. Like it's amazing how quickly the the pendulum can twist and turn and shift side to side in baseball. But yeah, for sure, Guerrero is definitely one of mine. Um, one that I'm a thing that. I'm, I'm looking forward to is I really think that the White Sox could be one of the teams that are not necessarily great, but good this year. Lucas Giolito, speaking of guys who took a little bit to kind of figure it out, he was really good last year. Um, and he was one of those guys that I forgot just how he was good last year. Um, I think I just, in general, I feel like I should just tell everybody baseball. I forgot a little bit of things that happened last year. It was my senior year of college. Wasn't necessarily the thing I was number one paid attention to. Um, but I think Giolito, you have the Eloy Jimenez thing. Jose Abreu still, you know, I, I like Jose Abreu. And I love Tim Anderson. I know he's definitely like a flawed player, but love the bat flip, not going to lie. I just, I loved yep. his swagger. It's a team that maybe this is the first year where we start to really see the fruits of their rebuilding labor. And maybe because of the shortened season, they actually might jumpstart that and be a lot better than people actually realize. Just based on, you know, the fact that you don't have to sustain how good you are for too long in this shortened season. The White Sox are a fun team. And what's interesting is that they play in a, a very weak division. I mean, the Twins mm-hmm. are, are really good, obviously. But Cleveland is backsliding. They've been backsliding for a little while now because they just decided that they don't want to re-sign anyone and don't need you know outfielders outfielders are a luxury instead of a necessity for them it's a bold strategy Uh, yeah yeah they're gonna backslide even more after this year when they don't re-sign francisco lindor but uh the other teams in that division you got kansas city and detroit who are gonna lose a thousand games each this year so (laughs) it's like strength of schedule um definitely favors an up-and-coming team like the White Sox. And, yeah, they got a lot of uh, really young, really interesting players. Yohan Makata is another one um, who just peaking. Michael Kopech, uh, I think, is coming back. And they are a team on the rise. They're sort of like the American League version of, of the Padres, um, maybe not to the same extent, but, you know, they're going to be good for a little while, I think. And they're going to be in a division that will allow them to be good because uh, it's going to be a long time before Detroit or Kansas City is able to contend for a playoff spot again. And I think that if they don't make it this season, it's going to be a long time before Cleveland contends for a playoff spot again. So it's going to be a two-horse race in the AL Central. And not only that, both of them are going to have an advantage in the wild card just because they're going to play against three absolutely crap teams for mm-hmm. a lot Absolutely. of years. So Absolutely. it's going to be easier for them to fat up, fatten up on wins than it will be in, you know, say, um, the AL West, where you're going to have a bunch of good teams. So the the White Sox are timing things just right. And some of that, I think, is a little fortuitous because you can't really control what the teams around you are doing. 
but they're going to be a force to be reckoned with for a little while. It'll be interesting to see if they do what San Diego has done, which is to fortify that young core with free agent signings because the Padres have been doing that in anticipation of pulling out of their rebuild. Um, Hosmer might not have worked out as well, but, you know, (laughs) Machado, obviously, uh, even, you know, signings like Garrett Richards. So we'll see if Chicago is able to do that as well. I I guess they did with Yasmani Grandal. That was a great signing for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll see how well they continue to do that. For sure. And yeah, Eric Hosmer thing, dear Lord. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) And now just taking a little bit of a break, guys. I've talked about them for the past couple days because it's super important and awesome because it's really super important and awesome and also dope to be healthy and in a good mindset. And it doesn't matter what what you are. You could be a pro athlete. You could be a a president. You could be anything. You could be a schmuck like me who sits in their bed and records podcasts and writes things all day. Whoever you may be, everyone needs support to make it through the day. And luckily, luckily, very luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo of things that can help you relax, regroup, recharge whenever life gets chaotic or stressful. That's right. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. And there's also CBD Recover, which combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters the most. And to make it even easier, right? It's all These things are already making your life easier. But guess what? We're going to make easier the things that make your life easier, if that makes any sense. Our listeners, you can get a 25% discount when you use promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. That's right. All of our listeners, 25% off. Once again, that's CBDMD.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Check it out. Uh, you got any more? I've got two more uh, storylines I'm looking forward to. One of them is a little bit of an obvious one. The other one just got to be being a jerk. <laughs> if you want me to go first, well, it's fine. So I, I, so this is a longer term question, but it's a question I have for you. Um, go for it. Are you aware of <laughs> the Padres all-time home run leader? No, who is that? Who am I? I don't that know. That is Nate Olbert. Oh, that's right. Yeah. he. Hit, this is one of my favorite trivia facts. Huh. Uh, in May of 1969, he hit his sixth home run of the season for the Padres and has been their all-time franchise leader ever since. Um, so, yeah, say what it's incredible. Say, uh, uh, that's that's king stuff right there. right there. But so my question is, <laughs> do you think that the person who's going to break that record is currently on the Padres roster? Um. I think the record I is so like I don't know. I mean, part of me, not gonna lie, part of me was convinced like Hunter Redfro might do that for a second, but um, just the all time like Adam Dunn type play. Um, I don't know, because so are you saying like cumulatively, or you're just saying like home runs with the Padres? Home runs with the Padres. It's got to be. It's got to be home runs with Padres, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it could be Machado. He hits like thirty six a year. Let me see if you round that out. I mean, he's going to be with the team for a while. So it's not like they have to worry about this isn't some because like we don't know necessarily for sure. Like, you know, Lord forbid that they aren't able to resign Tatis. But I mean, you could say it's Machado. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Screw it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be optimistic and say, yeah, May Machado is going to be 
the one he's at least going to be the closest that I'm pretty um, optimistic about. I think that just with the way that offense is going in the league, he hit, I believe, 38 last year. Hopefully he's not randomly just going to, not randomly, I guess, but just not going to decline and decline and decline. So he gives you 38 a year. That should get you pretty close. So, yeah, you know what? I'm taking the – I'm going to be optimistic and say, yeah, sure, he's on the team right now. That's Bay Machado. Stay tuned, everybody. It's going to be great. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I would think so. With the big contract that he signed, he's there long enough. He ought to do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hosmer, you know, for everything that he is, he signed an eight-year deal, and he hit, he hit 18 uh-huh. and he hit 22. So if he averages 20 a year over that contract, that would be 160 <laughs> home runs. Which is the record? I think is 161. So that uh, that would be a fun one. That'd be very appropriate for the Padres <laughs> if Eric Hosmer breaks that. <laughs> when he's like the Albert Pujols type player, yeah. where it's like he's hitting 25 home runs, but his on base is 230 <laughs> every year, something crazy like that. That'd be appropriate for the Padres, I guess. But yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. But the answer I was one, looking yeah. for is Jake Cronenworth. <laughs> He just comes up like this year, just becomes an ultimate power hitter out of nowhere. Everybody's like, what's right. going on? This sport doesn't make sense. Why do we even yeah. bother predicting things? While also getting more saves than Trevor Hoffman. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, now you, got, now you got to be careful. Now you got to be careful. Um, another, another one I want to get out there is, I wrote this down. This is mean. I'm sure you'll appreciate it. But um, I'm wondering how long before the Boston Red Sox fan base starts crying about their team not being very good. Uh, I'm giving the over-under now at 15 games. Um, that's what I'm going to set it at. The reason I say this is because I'm just going to be angry and be like, I need every Boston fan. Look, I'm literally fi- uh, friends with the Boston fan. Gabrielle Starr has been on the podcast like 87 times already. All love to her. But yeah, well, guys, yeah. you've won like eight World Series and Super Bowls combined. It's okay. Now, you can be upset about Mookie. That's a different topic, though, I think. I don't want you to be upset about like, oh, no, the Red Sox aren't going to be amazing for once. It's a little bit more forgivable than the Patriots thing. I mean, the Pats fans, I'm like, if you guys are going to complain that Brady left, like, just stop talking. I've had enough. I've suffered under this man for 15 years. You know what I mean? You can deal with the fact. you And they freaking got Cam Newton for, like, a buck and a half. So they're going to be good again next year, of course, right? Um, Because every team in the NFL is stupid, if you did not not know, everybody. And the Patriots are just slightly smarter. The Yankees over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. (laughs) They just—that's what they have to do because there'll be a bunch of players that's opt out or whatever. So that would be my. Uh, I'm giving it 15 games. Everyone the over under. I can't wait to see it. Or they'll be as insufferable as ever if JD Martinez and Devers just start carrying them or something like that, right? And Eduardo Rodriguez is awesome. And then finally, my last storyline is an obvious one. It's Shohei Otani, and I yeah. think that people forgot how much he was a story that first year. It was similar to a degree as like when Tanaka came over, I remember, for the Yankees, just to give a shout out to you, where it really does become a story. And with him, it was like, I mean, people were writing things about like, has this broken fantasy baseball? Like, what do we do? Do you have to draft him as a pitcher or do you draft him as a hitter? Like, what do you do, right? Um, Those were like real conversations happening. And the fact that he lived up to it and the fact that he was hitting, like, I remember the beginning, like the first two weeks of the season, everyone lost their minds when he hit a home run, right? It was just super exciting. And I think people forgot, like, we're getting that back. We're getting the double Otani thing back, right? You know, cross fingers, knock on wood or whatever, right? 
we're getting that back. And look, I really enjoyed, I was friends of Sabieki fans that were complaining about how it should have been rookie of the year. I thought that was nonsensical and ridiculous in so many different ways. Otani was the story. <laughs> Just give it to him. It was awesome. Yep. And Duhar was good. He was good. I wish he could maybe play defense defense better than like I could, but you know, he, he was a really solid player. Uh, but I feel like we'd seen stuff like that before. We never saw what happened with Otani. So the Yankee fans complaining, I was like, enough. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely like, if there's a single player I'm looking forward to the most, um, that's not Padres related. That's not even Yankees related, honestly. Uh, it's definitely Otani and just that team in general, just hoping that maybe the one time, I mean, guys, there's a, it's not completely conceivable that the one great angel season is the shortened one. And that was like their best chance they got because they haven't built a, you know, good enough team around um, Mike Trapp for like the last six, seven years. Um, he's super fun. And I, just I think people are forgetting that that was like a top level story in sports. I think when uh, he was first debuting in the league. So definitely looking forward to Otani. I think that uh, you're right on the money with how incredible Otani is and how we've forgotten that people forget that when he first came over, he was supposed to be a great pitcher who sometimes also maybe could hit. Mm -hmm. And they were even talking about before they knew who was going to sign him or how they were going to use him. They were like, should they just make him a pitcher? And what's he done? He's come over and, you know, yes, he, he started like 10 games and was great as a starter before his elbow, but he really made his bones as, as a hitter, as a DH. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, don't say this lightly, but in every sport in the world, like in, if you look at every single athlete anywhere, he might just be the greatest athlete on planet earth. The things that that man is able to do, <laughs> It's insane. It's insane that he can do both hitting and pitching so well. And by the way, running like he was one of the sprint speed leaders last year. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that I totally forgot about. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, So there's just nothing he can't do, and that's so fun to watch. And it almost, uh, I I almost feel like the Angels don't use him appropriately. Hmm. I feel like it would be wiser to use him in more of a relief role where mm. maybe he's, you know, DHing more often and um, you're not putting as much strain on his arm and on his body to, you know, go six innings every five days or every six days. Um, Cause I think they're going to use six starters. Uh, but, you know, to say, okay, we're going to use him as a two inning reliever once every three days or once every four days. And schedule it like that. And you can still schedule, you know, time for days off and DHing and everything. But um, I think we'd get to see a lot more of his, uh, a lot more of him and a lot more of his talents using him that way. Um, mm-hmm. And and spare his arm a little bit more because, yeah, it just really stinks that he got hurt and that we, we missed him yeah. pitching. So Super big bummer when that it, happened. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him back. Um, I'm I'm really disappointed for the Angels that the Ross Stripling trade didn't go through. That was connected to oh, the yeah. whole thing with the Dodgers and the Twins right. and Fox and Mookie Betts. And that was a weird the, night, yeah. That really was. And you know, Stripling was on the Angels and then he wasn't on the Angels. Mm-hmm. And they're really the big losers in that whole thing because man, did they ever need another starting pitcher? And you know, they've got yeah. this awful they really de- earlier. Desperately need one. Oh man, it, you know, if they had like 
one or two more starting pitchers. They're a playoff team. And they just yeah. uh, they had one and then let it just decided, nope, we'll pass. So uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I wonder if like. Yeah, like I wonder if um like maybe signing a guy like Kluber would have been more even even a Dallas Keuchel, like at least get these names. And I'm actually kind of high on Corey Kluber. I think that he had like a weird injury riddled season. I don't know why people think that we you can't get a little bit out of him. Right. Um mm-hmm. No matter what the numbers say, I just think he's worth like that flyer, especially if you're the angels and same thing with Keiko. Like at least it gives you a little bit more of a foundation and being like, okay. And especially in a 60 game season, it would have been even more exciting. Like, Oh my God, Dallas Keiko, like last hurrah. Right. Or, a or a Corey Kluber last hurrah type thing in the, in the pandemic, the world was watching them all. Right. These, these fun stories that could have happened, but they didn't do that. And instead they're kind of, really hoping that that offense just carries them with, with the Rendon signing. And look, Rendon's great. Even if I sometimes get scared when nationally players move to the American league, I get a little bit scared by that. Shout out Justin Upton circa 2015 <laughs> when he screwed me at fancy baseball. Um, but every now and then that happens, right? So the pitching side of things, I mean, it kind of stinks that the angels fans and just people are probably being like, I mean, if some guy just randomly breaks out, great, then they might make the playoffs. That's usually not the best sign for a team's prospects. And it's also probably why they're still going to use Otani as like a starting pitcher because they kind of have to. They don't really have anybody else. Yeah, they put themselves in that situation. Um, it would have been cool for them to get Keiko. Uh, yeah, with the 60-game season, we're going to get to see Keiko really rare back and, and maybe even touch 87 miles an hour. Should be fun. <laughs> Dallas Keuchel, like the the hate for that guy is just as rampant as ever. Uh, <laughs> He's, I, I, I love it. Lovingly. I like I love watching Dallas Keuchel pitch and field. He's a great yeah, defensive. Yeah. Um, he's yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, he, he doesn't throw hard. The eighty-seven miles an hour. It's like uh, who was that guy? I think it was Hisashi Iwakuma on the Mariners. Yeah, he was another one who threw like eighty-five, <laughs> but he, he stuck else. around for a little bit. Yeah, he, he got everybody. He managed it. Then he had the year that finally, like, I think maybe, maybe people caught on to it and just ERA of like eight or whatever it was. Or maybe that was right. James Shields. Maybe my Padres flashbacks are coming back into my mind. Or no, he was good with the Padres. Never mind. It was the White Sox. There we go. White Sox is when James Shields became just couldn't pitch in the majors anymore. That was a, God. It's so sad to see that stuff sometimes, man. It really is. It's so, yeah, it's so depressing. Hopefully, no player, uh, no great players, especially, have those kind of dramatic fall from grace type things as much as some other players have before um do you have any more like last thoughts any other kind of storylines you're looking forward to we've been talking for a minute by the way oh my god yeah wow the time uh time flies when you're having fun um yeah (laughs) talking baseball uh uh you know i think the the one of the main things that I want to pay attention to um, getting a little seriousness for a moment is the uh, how baseball and baseball players connect with the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm. Um, we've seen a number of players speak out. We've seen a number of people in all walks of life speak out. And um, during the MLB draft, there, you know, all the GMs held up their BLM signs, whatever, and talked about how they want to do better. Let's see if they actually do. Because, well, I, I don't want to get too much into into things, but um, baseball definitely has 
uh, a racism problem. They have a systemic racism problem with who's making the decisions and mm. uh, the way mm. that um, you know players are are perceived. So we'll see as this continues to evolve and develop. Um, this is something that is touching all of our lives and every facet of society. And you know, let's see how MLB re- responds and whether or not they actually do better as they they claim they want to do. Absolutely. Um, it's a great point. It's a great point. I feel like baseball uh, hasn't been great with addressing some of these things. I mean, we already talked about like the labor disputes, right? And we talked about, you know, I mean, the minor league system is a whole big story, right? That's a big mm-hmm. thing, right? But on top of that, you also have what's going on here. And I know with the NBA, like they have like the jerseys and all that stuff that's going on right now. And, you know, people feel differently about that. But the NBA and the NFL, there seems to be more conversations happening. While baseball, I mean, you look at it. I mean, it wasn't too long ago when we had the the, the Adam Jones situation, um, which was just com- super appalling in every way. We even had that weird thing that I'm not quite sure what the point was when they had that 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 flag that they dropped at Fenway Park that was like racism is as American as baseball or something. That I'm still confused with what that was exactly. Um, mm-hmm. There's definitely that stuff in baseball. I mean, you can even, you know, not to get too too into it, but Josh Hader's incident, right? You could talk about that. There's a lot of yep. just almost ignorance, I think, of the topic. And there hasn't been too many people talking about it to the point where Joey Votto wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt is like the biggest we've seen from an at like in the sport in a, a decent amount of time. Maybe I'm maybe I'm forgetting someone. I could be wrong, but I'm really curious to see how they do that. You know, we're talking about numbers and how are people going to play and are people going to be mad at the Astros and pretending to flip birds and all that, right? That's fun to talk about, right? That's the the silly stuff about baseball. And it's still important. I know Sean Doolittle talked about some guys' careers probably got messed up by the Astros cheating, right? Still very important. But there's something about this and the current moment we're in as a country, with the pandemic and obviously the, um, the social issues going on right now, the, the unrest and what have you. Uh, that's very important and um needs to be discussed. And I think that baseball needs to get a little bit better at that. And I think players need to start realizing that you can't ignore this. Uh, people have been wondering why is that? Here's another thing. Why are there less black players in the league than previous um, years and decades? That's a big conversation. I remember talking about that in school where it's like, nobody really has talked about that. It's kind of been something that people are just like, Oh yeah. And they kind of like move to the side and, and litany of of reasons for that that could be its own podcast thing really but, yeah absolutely um rob arthur of baseball Prospectus just put out a, a study where he found that black players are significantly less likely to get promoted than their white counterparts uh you know through the minor league levels and everything and to the majors so that's just one of the many examples of systemic racism in mlb that if they say they want to do better, okay, now it's time to actually show it. Now it's time to actually do better with who you hire, with who you draft, with who you promote. Absolutely. Um, and on that note, a little bit of a somber note, but very important note, uh, Daniel, it's been a blast. And I'm looking forward to the baseball season and all that we kind of get with it. Javi, thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. Absolutely, man. If you ever want to be on again, I mean, what, what else are we doing? You know what I mean? What else is going to, I mean, we're going to be watching baseball and staying at our host for the foreseeable future. So uh, yeah, man, I'll see you. I'll see you later. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, everybody. That is it. The final part has been complete. The four horsemen of 
podcasts episodes because it was four parts. You get it? You see what I did there? Um, is now complete. And before I let you guys go, though, I want to just talk really quickly to you about rockauto.com. You know, my man, my man, the diesel. All right. He's famous for Fast and Furious. And I bet you he, Mr. Dominic Toretto, would love using rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. So that's right. The rockauto.com catalog is also unique and remarkably easy to navigate. How awesome is that? You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you, like, this doesn't make sense. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? It doesn't make sense, right, guys? Come on, just think about it yourself. Say it to yourself right now. That doesn't make sense. There you go, exactly. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And also, that's about it. That's about it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, guys. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And, yeah, enjoy the game tonight, guys. Yankees Nationals, really looking forward to that one, honestly. It's a Scherzer-Cole matchup. Should be awesome. And, you know, we're going to have Padres tomorrow. It's going to be even better. The opening day of all the games. Baseball's back. I hope everybody's staying safe and, you know, doing their thing. And even more importantly, I hope you guys stay faithful. That's right. Everybody, stay faithful. Padres baseball is back. Everybody, take care. See you next time.